0: But this show will continue to help you understand the things that affect your health while looking for unexpected discoveries along the way. It will also explore thought-provoking
1: ideas and questions, like this one.
0: Many people with Parkinson's disease will have problem swallowing, which is understandable given that Parkinson's is a movement disorder and swallowing involves the coordinated movement of muscles in the mouth, throat, and into the stomach. This may lead to drooling, having trouble eating certain foods or drinking liquids, and may even cause food or liquids to enter the airway instead of going to the stomach. Problems such as weight loss, coughing, choking, or lung infections can result. The medical professional who is trained and best equipped to deal with these problems is the speech-language pathologist, Besides working on speech, language, and communication problems, they are experts at evaluating and diagnosing swallowing difficulties and providing training and education to people with PD and care partners about ways to best manage these problems. I spoke with speech-language pathologist Yale Manor of the Tel Aviv Medical Center in Israel about evaluating people with PD, diagnosing dysphagia, And some techniques to lessen swallowing difficulties. People hear the technical term dysphagia. What does that mean to the layperson?
1: Dysphagia is swallowing disorders, swallowing disturbances, and it occurs between 90 to 100 percent of the Parkinson's disease population.
0: What are some of the early signs of swallowing difficulties that people should be aware of?
1: One of the early signs is difficulty to swallow medications, some drooling, and then there are more advanced signs like coughing when drinking, coughing when eating, problem to chew food, or even choking. And the worst sign is aspiration pneumonia.
0: Why is it important to detect and remediate these kinds of problems early?
1: It is very important and very crucial to detect swelling disturbances as early as possible because, first of all, patients need to be educated about the signs and be ready to get an early treatment. Otherwise, they can develop some complications such as weight loss, hospitalization, dehydration, and even social isolations. When people have swallowing problems, they don't like to eat in front of you know, other people. So, and then they become depressed and stay at home. And in this way, they decrease the quality of life. So we would like to see the patient as early as possible and to give them the tools that are going to help them to swallow safely.
0: So if there is some indication of a swallowing difficulty or disturbance, how do you evaluate that person?
1: First of all, the easiest way, there is a, a swallowing disturbances questionnaire. It's a screening tool, and it's not evaluation, but it can help us to detect which patient should go to have full swallowing evaluation or not. So it, it calls swallowing disturbances questionnaire. Now, if a patient gets a score of 11 and above, so then we refer him to a full bedside evaluation by a speech therapist. And then one of the recommendations by the speech pathologist could be refer the patients to instrumentation evaluation, which could be video fluoroscopy, which is like Rentgen in motion, x-ray in motion, or... Another kind of instrumentation is called FIS, which stands for fiber optic endoscopic evaluation of swallowing, and it can be done either by ENT and speech pathologists or just by speech pathologists in the United States, where a scope inserted in the patient's nose, and then we can view the swallowing mechanism and see what's happening to the food or liquids while the patient is swallowing. So these are the three kinds of swallowing evaluations.
0: Is that sort of an advanced kind of procedure? Not everyone would need that, would they?
1: No. Usually we start with bedside evaluations that is done by the speech pathologist. And then after the evaluation, then she gives recommendations for any kind of swallowing tips and therapy. But also she can refer the patient to do instrumentation evaluation. It depends on the severity of the swallowing problem of the patient.
2: Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show.
0: So if problems are detected, what would be the goal of therapy?
1: Okay, first of all, we want the patient to swallow safely and be able to have enough calories to live the common problem is like getting food or liquid into the trachea and we want to eliminate this this calls aspiration so according to the bedside evaluations we write down some recommendations to the patients for example if the patient coughs while he swallow a liquid so we can tell the patient to drink what he's doing, chin tuck. He's getting his chin down and swallow with his head down the thin liquid. Or another technique is where we thicken the liquid into a thickened consistency. So then it would be easier for the patient and safer for the patient to swallow.
0: What are some of the consequences of what we would say food going down the wrong way, going into the trachea?
1: So then could be increase in mucus, some breathing difficulties. And the worst thing is aspiration pneumonia, which we know that 54% of patients who develop aspiration pneumonia die due to this.
0: So that's actually causing an infection in the lungs. Exactly. Besides these techniques for... Swallowing liquids and thickened liquids, are there other techniques or tools that can help these people?
1: Yeah, usually interventions, we work on like three areas. We work on different consistencies. Okay, So sometimes, as I said, thickening the liquid or getting the food, like blenderized food when the patient has a problem to chew the food or to swallow the food. So this would be one area. The second area is we work on like posture, as I said, like chin down or sometimes leaning the head to one side or the other, swallow this way. Again, it depends on the problem. And the third area is swallowing compensatory techniques. Where we ask the patient to swallow in a certain way, I'll give you an example. Like if the food gets stuck in the patient's throat because the muscles are weak, and we are afraid that the food that got stuck there get into the trachea, so we would ask the patient to make like forceful swallow or double forceful swallow. So the patient will swallow twice, and then will cough, it's like clearing his throat, and swallow again. So in this way, the swallowing becomes like more safe, like a safe way to to swallow the chewable food.
0: Do these techniques continue to work, or as the disease progresses, do they start to have less effect?
1: It depends on how the patients really comply with the exercises and the techniques. And, of course, for this, you need cognition. So my suggestion is always to start as early as possible so in this way it becomes more automatic, So then the patient can get used to swallowing this way. But as the disease progresses, sometimes it's more difficult for them to follow the instructions and remember how to swallow, and it gets frustrating, definitely.
0: Have we missed anything important or anything interesting to add?
1: The most important thing, as I said before, and I will stress it, is to make the patients, the caregivers, be aware of the swelling problem, the importance of early detection, as early as possible in order to provide early interventions and to eliminate all these complications.
0: Very good. Thank you.
1: Thank you all for listening. And until next time,
0: this will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in.